Thanks for watching. I'm your host, Chris Swainhart, and this is Gun Stuff. Gun Stuff is dedicated to arming America, one law-abiding citizen at a time. Now, I pause on that because in just a moment, we're going to be talking about a law-abiding citizen and uh, how he's being persecuted by the government, but that is coming up in just a little bit. Let me tell you about our guests. Our first guest is Sarah Forgus, a Minnesota mom who is defending her son on bogus gun charges. Now, we want you to weigh in on this. Make sure that you make some comments. Let us know what you think. And uh, you might want to take a little time and share this with your friends because this is an episode you do not want to miss. And Matador Arms and Viridian Technology will be with us also rounding out our show today. Now, let me look at our news for today. I told you a little bit about this. The Minnesota mother, Sarah Forgus, is defending her son. Now, she's the short one on the right there. And her son uh, made some real big news here recently. He was out there shooting a firearm that he built himself. Now, according to federal law, you're allowed to do that. You don't have to put a serial number on it, and it is perfectly okay. But somewhere along the line, some leftist goose-stepping goons from the Minnesota Department of Law Enforcement, they show up and they say, oh, there's got to be a serial number on that. In other words... They are throwing out our U.S. Constitution, stepping over federal statutes, and all of that kind of crap. And I tell you what, you can tell I'm riled up about it. We are lucky to have Sarah on the show, and she's going to tell us a little bit about it. Now, her son can't be here, of course, because he, he's the subject of all this illegal persecution. So he's staying away from it uh, publicly, and that makes sense. But Sarah and also Rob Dower from the uh, Minnesota Gun Owners Association. They're going to be here too. So thank you. Stick around and it's going to be worth your while. Bring along our co-hosts today. We've got Scott Kiefner. You're coming in and loud and clear. And I see you got yourself a new mic. And, uh, and then Ursula, yep. Warrior Princess, you are here <laughs> in the studio brightening yep. up everything. She keeps me uh, on task, by the way, because a lot of times I'm messing up. And so she reaches over, pushes the right <laughs> Just... buttons, and makes it all happen for us. So I'm still trying out. If, if you see him blink twice, he's not a hostage. That's just him just getting a little bit older. That's it. So just throwing it out there. So like, yeah, yeah. This is like, hey, yeah. do this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, you know, uh, we had some fun. I was just reviewing some footage that you shared with us. Oh, okay. Ursula, and this is pretty fun stuff. Yes. So um, it's been a while since I've actually taken out my boat gun. This was actually a couple weeks ago. And um, so I'm running a Thunder Beast suppressor on my uh, tricked out 700 I've done a couple years ago. And I came across a whole bunch of subsonic ammo, which I love shooting. So subsonic, subsonic, which means it's going way slower than uh, your normal stuff will be going. So I think that ammo is going to probably about a thousand feet per second. That's for 308. And it is super quiet. I was shooting just under 300 yards. The flight time was damn near like five minutes, but that's what it felt like because it's going so slow. So um, the cool thing about running subsonic ammo is that you would definitely learn a lot of stuff about wind, 
your gun, your recoil management, all that. So definitely get out there and shoot. Yeah, so the supersonic, the regular ammo that mm -hmm. we shoot, is faster than the speed of sound. So it's oh, yeah. going through, and it actually breaks the sound barrier. It has a mini uh, explosion, I guess. What's that What's that called there, Scott? Scott? Uh, it's a sonic crack, sonic boom, you know, yeah. sonic crack. sound barrier and creates that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when you're going slower, you don't get that, do you, Scott? No, you do, you do not. And, but the, the downside of that is that the bullet flight time is slower. So the more time that bullet spins in the air, the more the atmospheric conditions affect yes. that bullet. So it has so more time for the wind to push it. Still yeah. in this video, <laughs> this video, I saw the wind kick in just like last second and I missed. So, so I don't know if he bleeped out that word that I said in this yeah. video, but yeah, we, <laughs> you're like, nope, cut. <laughs> we had the bleeper, we had the bleeper installed there. Yeah, uh, so this <laughs> Because the cool thing about going out there and doing long range is that you'll learn so much. It is weaponized math. I would definitely say that. But just like learning wind, even though here in Arizona, we don't have like a constant wind like Texas and Oklahoma. We have gusts. So like pretty much trying to gauge when that's going to happen and knowing everything about your gun and your ammo, like it does make you a better shooter. So well, and I love the supersonic, uh, uh, you know, you get rid of that and you're below the speed of sound mm -hmm. and then it is whisper quiet three, three Oh eight heading your way. And you don't know <laughs> <laughs> what there is a saying. If you heard the shot, then it wasn't for you. So just let it out there. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, speaking of hearing the shot, Do so Scott, why don't we start off? You can tell us a little bit about this Ruger Mark four Hunter and, uh, through the magic of the internet, it's gonna pass over. There we go, okay. <laughs> All right, Scott, starting with you. Yeah, so uh, what we're, we're future firing for today is the Ruger Mark IV Hunter. And this, uh, you know, this, this gun has been around forever. Uh, but this this uh, edition of it has come out in many different editions, target editions, hunting editions, stuff like that. Uh, and what makes this one the Hunter is that uh, the the finish on it is a little more is a little more durable uh, for rusting or anything like that and moisture that you'd be experiencing out there in the cold. Uh, it has the fluted barrel on it uh, so that it's a just a just a tad lighter and easier to handle this one has the walnut grips uh that are checkered grips that, that look really nice accent against it against the black but then uh this model also has the fiber optic sights so mm -hmm. you it can pick up a little more light when you're out there because as we all know you know your game usually comes in right at you know right as it's getting dark or you know just as the sun is coming up so you need as much uh light as you can get on those sights this this model here is uh this was this a 10 round magazine is that yes. right Ursula? so 10 round mags these normally come with like two one or two 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 yeah because uh i actually got gypped on my mark for i only had one mag i'm like i called up ruger i'm like hey guys check this out <laughs> like y'all can't be doing this but especially for a 22 but it does come with uh two mags um one thing, it does come with high-vis sights, so that's one thing that Scott was touching on, where the fiber optic the front, it does have adjustable rear. It is 22. The only thing that would make this better is a threaded barrel. That's what so I now, was thinking. Yeah. That's the only thing that would make this thing better. Uh, sure is good, and the weight balance of it is actually pretty good, especially with the fluted, uh, fluted barrel. So. Beautiful firearm uh, when they are so much fun to shoot. Just, I think, Scott, I think these are great for beginner uh, people going out to the range. What do you think? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I always like to start, you know, new shooters and stuff like that out on smaller caliber, like 22, things like that. Less recoil, less noise, uh, a little less abrasive to a new shooter. But this gun has been used in competition uh, forever. It's it's mm -hmm. extremely accurate, fixed bull barrel. Uh, and it with the high vis, it is actually name brand of high vis sights on it. Um, this this is a really excellent package for target shooting and tar 22 shooting is really on the rise with steel challenge and a lot of others in in light of the ammunition uh, vacancy that we had over the last couple of years uh, you know it's nice to have a 22 to be able to shoot and not cost a million dollars oh yeah so i'm gonna add in two more things uh for one it is taps so eventually if you want to throw a rail on it and throw a red dot on it you absolutely can and then um looks like ej boner asked um, how heavy is the trigger pull? It feels like around four or five pounds to me. So I don't know what Ruger actual technical uh, uh, weight on it, but that's what it feels like to me. And I am, I'm going to find out real quick. Okay, guys. Well, you, you can look get that up you. yourself during our next commercial break here because we're going to be right back. By the way, there's the pricing, a uh, gun stuff TV price, 515 for this heirloom quality firearm. Uh, you can't miss out with that. And uh, folks, stick around for Sarah Forgus, the Minnesota mom who's defending herself, or excuse me, defending her son against bogus gun charges. Wolf Premium Oil, we lead the pack with advanced technology to deliver next level performance. Don't trust your investment to old technology. Wolf Premium Gun Oil protects on a molecular level by bonding to the metal, lifting dirt and carbon, creating a protective shield 150 times stronger than oil coatings, defeating oxidation and the elements. Wolf Premium Gun Oil will not leave an oily residue and is non-toxic. Get the ultimate in gun care. Lead the pack with Wolf Premium Gun Oil. So let's talk our first guest, and there she is. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show, and Rob Dorr uh, from Minnesota Gun Owners Caucus. Is that what they're called, uh, Rob? Yes, that's correct. Okay, I got that right. Hey, by the way, I'm just going to mention this now right at the beginning of the show. Uh, we sent out about 3 million emails to let you all know, and there are links in those emails to this fundraiser. Now, I checked the fundraiser uh uh, it, it, it looks like they've only raised about $20,000, and I don't know if that's going to be adequate to defend your son, Sarah. Tell us what the heck happened. It doesn't seem right to us. We are upset. We are in your camp, and uh, we are trying to tell everybody about your story. Tell us a little bit about it. Let's get us started, Sarah. So my son, Walker, uh, now 22, in May of last year, so May of 2022, um, was shooting two uh, privately made firearms on private property. Um, uh, cops came out after a complaint from a neighbor. Um, and after a series of conversations, um, it was determined that, you know, Walker did not have uh, serial numbers on his firearms as he's not required to deputy believed otherwise walker was detained six weeks later charges were filed we've been battling this since um last year um uh judge uh denied throwing out the charges and um we've not been able to agree on a reasonable reasonable plea and so in september 
um, he has trial. Uh, that that is sick. Uh, Rob, you're kind of an expert in this area, uh, maybe a little more qualified than the, any of our three co-hosts here. Tell us a little bit about why uh, uh, Walker had the right to do what he did. Yeah, so uh, in Minnesota, like uh, everywhere else in the country, it, you are entitled and able to manufacture your own firearms for personal use. Uh, the and one thing that's you know, interesting about this is Walker, when he was manufacturing these these uh, you know eighty percent lowers, he called the ATF just to make sure that everything he was doing was okay. Now ATF, of course, was commenting on federal law, not state law, but there is nothing in Minnesota law that says that you can't manufacture your own firearms. And then where Walker got tripped up on, uh, according to the charges in the in this case, is that he. Um, did not have serialized firearms. Now, Minnesota has a statute which requires firearms to be serialized, but only references the National Firearms Act. None of the firearms that Walker had were subject to the National Firearms Act, which adds to the egregiousness of the situation. So, you know, my recommendation to him, Riley, at that point, now, uh, you know, I am a, a non-practicing lawyer, in fact, a non-lawyer who's non-practicing, so you can take this with a grain of salt. But if I were him, I would have grabbed my pocket knife and scratched a one in the first firearm and scratched a two in the second one, and then there'd been a serial number. I, this whole thing is disgusting. It's it's an outreach and it's an outrage. I don't understand why Minnesota is is doing this. Why? Go oh, ahead, why? especially so close to, especially now with the new uh, Supreme Court ruling on on you know what's a receiver. So you think that's going to have any effect on this case? What do you think? Uh, you know, I, yeah, I'm I'm not sure if the Supreme Court decision will necessarily weigh into this at least at the at the state level because they're you know as far as they're concerned the state uh, the state um, uh, law is constitutional but I do think that there is a very ripe constitutional challenge to the state law not to get too much in uh, to the nerdiness of legal procedure but there is a mechanism where uh, you know should Walker be convicted of this we can appeal uh, get it out of the Minnesota system and and start an appeal as a violation of his constitutional rights yes and if, if you don't mind me asking so one of my one of my questions was and from what I understand and in, in the interpretation of this as well is that the law that they're referencing and and talking about through NFA and everything is a law that is meant they're, they're trying to apply a law that was meant to be a way to prosecute criminals who stole firearms and then filed off the serial numbers not for uh, civilians or private gun owners who want to build their own firearms so they basically misappropriating or, or misusing a case law from, you know, out of context. Am I kind of in the right ballpark on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when you, when uh, the courts look at the, um, the, uh, a statute. They look at the legislative intent. That's an important part part of it. First, they look at the plain language, and then if there's any ambiguity, they look what was the legislature intending to do. This particular statute, there's three parts to it. First one is obliterating a serial number, so you have a gun with a serial number and you remove it. The second part is possessing a firearm that has an obliterated seal, serial number, and you're aware that it has an obliterated serial number. And then the third is receiving or possessing a firearm that doesn't have a serial number. But then it goes on to define the 
the serial number as required by section or title 26 section um 5842 of the united states code which is the national firearms act so reading the plain intent of that it is clear that they don't want people having uh, machine guns short-barreled rifles short-barreled shotguns that don't have serial numbers that goes into in line with the criminal intent of these other uh, of these other two bill uh, the other two provisions the the expansive reading of this is is incredibly egregious because there's really no criminal intent or criminality involved with just merely peacefully possessing a firearm that you've made yourself so yes I, one thing i want to add there's a comment that uh that actually popped up pretty pretty early on in the conversation from gary uh zapaska sorry there's like way too many constants <laughs> next to like non-vowels like oh my god in that last name but anyways um he said uh back to back he was all like uh what i read on the story the mom and son who walk away winners which i am absolutely hopeful of that and he said unfortunately it's going to be a financial nightmare so you and uh, if you can touch on like how much like resources like uh, financially is going to take for, you know, for this entire process, like on a ballpark guess and kind of or just to kind of show like, yeah, we can fight for our rights, but it's going to take a lot of money to do so. So conveniently, when this had happened, uh, Walker was just starting his second year of school. And so we made the decision of the money that I chose to set aside for him to hire um, the attorney that we have, uh, that's all gone. And now, you know, having to look at, you know, mortgaging my house or um, fundraising, it really became the only option. Um, and it has taken such a huge toll, um, especially on Walker. He's trying to graduate school. He graduates um, college uh, just a week before pre-trial. Um, he's 22. He's, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's awful. It's awful. Yeah. It's, yeah Sarah, and I was going wrong. to, I was going to ask you about that. So he's, he's a good kid going to college. He's going to graduate college and then go into court and try and defend himself against going to prison. Uh, so th yeah. this is just one of those crazy things. And the, and just with all the laws and all the, you know, 80% lowers or versions of thereof uh, that are sold across the country, the, from what all of us, the basic understanding is, is that you can make it and you don't have to serialize it unless you are selling it or gifting it or anything like that. And that is a very common knowledge thing within that community so that with the with the law that they're taking and 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 misapplying that has caused you guys to go through all this financial uh duress he you know him having to defend himself against all this stuff in college and it's one of the things that this is a nightmare scenario that so many of us have worried about and why a lot of people have stayed away from these because of this government overreach or because of uh, a local da wanting to make a name for himself yeah. as as an anti-gunner or i don't think you should be able to do that because they don't want you to exercise your rights yeah. and 
by on behalf of all of us and from our side of the house we apologize for that but uh we, but those we really want to help so i mean anything we can We'd, we'd love to be able to do it. Well, and, and here's something particularly ridiculous is uh, those of you who are familiar with firearms laws know before 1968, the Gun Control Act of 1968, guns didn't need to have serial numbers. Mm -hmm. So you, uh, if you guys got a shotgun or a rifle from your grandpa that was manufactured before 1968, there's a good chance it doesn't have a serial number on it. And our own Minnesota Department of Natural Resources seizes firearms that are used for poaching or, or that are in possession of poachers and things like that. And Last year alone, and in more guns beyond that, they sold at least six firearms that did not have a serial number. And guess which county the auction house is that handled these uh, these transactions? The same county that Walker's being charged in. Unbelievable. Uh, it, oh, sorry. Right. So as you can see in the charges that are on the screen there, he's being charged with having a firearm that doesn't have a serial number. If they were to hold true and actually apply that standard across the board, they would also be arresting everybody who was in in uh, uh, conjunction with the auctions held by the by the DNR. Yeah, like every single firearm before mm -hmm. 1968, they all. But hey, that's all part of their deal. You know, it's just like the pistol brace ruling. Let's make as many criminals as we can out of law-abiding citizens, okay, and, and uh, arrest them, disarm them. Meanwhile, criminals go scot-free without even having to post a dollar bail, and they can do anything that they want, yeah. and it's a revolving door for the criminals. But for us, hey, we're going to jail because we're accepting uh, trying to assert our Second Amendment rights. Hey, you know, I, you you were talking, uh, Sarah, a little bit about uh, the financial uh, requirements on this. Now, folks, I, we have this link. We that we have this link right here for you to see. Okay, and we want you to head on over to GiveSendGo.com and look this up and put some money into it. Okay. We want you all, and then tell some other folks, we want to raise some funds because uh, I, I saw your goal was only $100,000. We need to exceed that. Just throwing it out there. Huh? We need to exceed that. Just throwing it out there. Uh, yeah, 100000 100, isn't going to touch it. And the thing is, is that these district attorneys and these officials, they have no qualms about bankrupting individual citizens mm -hmm. in to further their goose-stepping agendas. Yeah. So, hey, f uh, final words. We're, we're getting here to the end of this, Sarah. Uh, a passion plea. What do you think we can do for you as a gun stuff audience? What could people do in general to help Walker in his fight? Because his fight is our fight. What do you think, mm -hmm. Sarah? Donate, share, share this video, share the, the give, send, go. Um, just g get it out there. Prayers, big advocate of prayers and take mm -hmm. those. Um, so, and I appreciate you guys having us on and talking about this. Thank you. Because, and thank you for definitely being here because like any one of us could be Walker. Yeah. Any, any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. In fact, uh, probably all three of us, uh, I, I hate to say it, you know, just everybody, there are all kinds of ways to fall afoul of these goose-stepping morons. And, 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 you know, I say goose-stepping, I've overused that term a few times, but, you know, that's exactly what the Nazis did 
when they took over, the first thing they did was disarm the populace. Hey, lo and behold, so did Stalin. Oh, wait, what about Mao Zedong? Oh, what about in China? You know, nowhere in this world, Maduro down in, in Venezuela, nowhere do dictators allow people have firearms. And why do you suppose that is, Rob? Well, I mean, uh, the the first step to you, not every confiscation uh, or not every registration leads to confiscation, but every confiscation starts with registration. Uh, first, you have to identify who the gun owners are, and then you need to eliminate uh, their the any potential resistance that they could put up to tyranny. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think we're seeing that in many different uh, many different avenues and. Re bad readings of bad statutes like this is just one more mechanism that they can utilize to disarm peaceful people. Scott, last words there. Did you were you uh, indicating? Yeah, something? yeah. I, I I did have one last comment too to fill everyone else in on the story. A, a little bit of a backstory is the fact that the original claim that they responded to was never substantiated. They they showed up to. And to investigate something, and then that claim turned out to be false, or they just quit looking into it altogether. So they used one avenue of legality to get into the property and to seize the weapons, but then they dropped that complaint, and they are only going after him for the weapons. So they used something else as an entry point to be able to do that, and that's one thing that a lot of people that a lot of people should know as well. You know, it doesn't just have to be about the gun. You know, they it could be a search and seizure and through many different things. So all of this needs to be ruled unconstitutional to prevent them from doing this to everyone else. Well, guys, uh, Sarah, Rob, thanks for being on the show. Uh, we're going to do everything we can. You haven't heard the end of gun stuff. We're going to push the heck out of this. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the trial that you said was in September. Is that right? September 5th. Yes. September 5th. We'll be praying about it. And more importantly, well, maybe not more importantly, but importantly, we're going to put some money in your bank account to help you for that. Hey, folks, we're going to be right back after this quick commercial break. Watching. That's a great, uh, a great segment. We want you to tell some other people about it, and we want to come to the support of this family, this defenseless family being attacked. It's horrific, and uh, uh, tell your friends about it. Hey, our next guest, Matador Firearms, and uh, we have with, with us right here in our virtual studio, David Borges. David. Thanks for being on the show today. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing. Thank you. Uh, we're Matador Arms. We're based out of San Antonio, Texas. I'm uh, the president of sales and co-owner. I've got uh, Zach as our CEO. He's also my brother-in-law. Um, and we got Justin, who's deployed right now, um, and Alex uh, in charge of marketing. And uh, that's our team. And we work primarily with a 9mm upper. It's a monolithic upper. Everything's self-contained. The charging handle is non-reciprocating, so it's not going to hit your hand. 
Uh, it's reversible if you're lefty and it shoots suppressed, unsuppressed, no spring changes, no gas system or anything like that. And if you do shoot it suppressed, the uh, buffer tube, uh, not the buffer tube, excuse me, the buffer pad here prevents the gas from blowing directly back into your eyeballs, which is frustrating for those of us that shoot them. <laughs> yeah, so Scott, how did you uh, line up uh, a Matador? Uh, how did they come to your attention on your radar? Yeah, so uh, we New Frontier Armory was a guest on our show, and I was speaking with them at the NRA convention, and they were showing me some of the new rifles and some of the new lines and some of the, the companies that they are working with. And I seen the Matador 9mm series that, that they were going to be coming out with and doing in conjunction with them, and it looked fantastic. So mm -hmm. this upper is yeah so there it is right there he's got it in his hand it, it, the, the gun looks fantastic but taking the taking it apart looking at the spring system looking at the recoil system and 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 how all that fit together in the fit and finish just looked amazing and so they very quickly directed me over there and i missed them uh it, it was like the they, they were the last person i tried to get a hold of out of a four-day convention and i had just missed them well so hey it took we got a while you. to reach out yeah yeah we got you on here now Hey, I got a quick question for you. Before the show, we were just a quick segment on this. Uh, David, you know a little bit about persecution when it comes to the ATF overreach because of your background, which was? I was a VP of sales at Polymer 80, and my dad was the co-founder of Polymer 80. So I'm very familiar with 80% laws. Um, I was trying to tell Sarah in the, in the break there, please contact me. I've got plenty of connections to... Lawyers, we've been advocating in that space for still some time. Um, I'm, you know, co-owned Matter to Orange now, so I, I'm not necessarily in the 80% game, but I have all those lanes for uh, whatever she needs. So well, that's, that's right, awesome. and, uh, and and we're all going to follow up and come to our aid as well as you should also. So what are we looking at here? This is You've got some great video here, and we, we, I don't know if we're going to be able to watch it all. There's so much of it. Go ahead. Tell us about it. <laughs> So um, we're just kind of showing the capabilities of, of this system. It's a great PCC. It allows you to have your, you know, your primary and your secondary all run on the same mags. It runs with Glock, CZ Scorpion mags, MP5 mags, SIG. Literally any double stack 9mm magazine uh, should work just fine, including endo mags, um, which is just a, a really cool feature. You can build it how you want, change the look out of it. And, you know, it's not an outrageous price. You know, the, the upper goes for 575. So you could build your nine millimeter PCC kind of at that blue collar point and, um, you know, not not break the bank on, on our on products. I kind of like that saying blue collar point. Blue, blue collar boy specials. That's how we design it and, and price our stuff. We want, you know, you to be proud of your purchase. Know that you got great bang for buck. Um, we back it up with a lifetime warranty. You know, we're all made here in the U.S., so. Yeah, oh, it was awesome. It, it, and it, you said your lowers were Glock, SIG, what else? Colt stick mags. Um, oh. It's a square bolt, so we could literally pretty much fit any double stack 9mm oh. uh, magazine, as long as it's an AR9 compatible. Um, we are working on our own lower, which I'll show a little sneak peek of here. Uh, New Frontier Armory is building this one for us, and it's going to be fully ambi just like our upper uh it's well thought out ambi lefties get forgot about a lot um unfortunately we have lefties on our team so they make me pay attention to that kind of stuff 
<laughs> a constant reminder. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's got a it's got a 1913 rail on the back because you don't need the buffer tube. Um, and then the obviously the cuts aesthetically match our our upper, so it all kind of flows and looks good. And then we launched a grip too. Um, that's live on our website, four sizes. Um, you know, for big-handed people, we have a longer version. Um, but we have them a shorter version, and then they come with beaver tail or not. Cool. That's and, exciting. And all on the website. And, uh, you know, this thing brings a question right here. Uh, you, not that female shooters are less robust than male. Uh, we, we, I can't really generalize, but I just like the PC see combo because it is actually less recoil it's more manageable and, and uh and i think it's more successful because of that especially in a home defense uh situation mm -hmm. you know what do you think david yeah i mean you don't always need a 308 to to guard your home or property depending on where you live <laughs> if you live in montana you may need that battle rifle to reach out and touch someone but for by and large you know i, I live in the suburbs um, you know, a nine mil from in any situation really is, is what I need for the most part. Still recommend that you have a, a full rifle. Um, you never know, but definitely having a PCC kit lineup. I got to have my Glock and I got to have my uh, primary run the same magazine. It's just really cool. Y'all yeah. are at CanCon, right? Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm looking at, all the CanCon yeah. stuff here. I was like, yeah. Now, all of your firearms come included with the uh, suppression system. I think that's one of the things. Isn't that right? We get that free? Uh, yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the spring system is, is pretty robust in here. And we're just kind of lucky in the sense that you don't have to adjust anything. If you shoot suppressed a lot, it can get a little finicky from time to time on gas settings, spring this, spring that. None of that with this. By the way, I was asking, I was being somewhat facetious because all of these shots are at CanCon. Yeah. Uh, that was here in Phoenix. That, I, th I think that this is something that everybody needs, uh, you know. But, David, again, it has to, you know, we have to go through hoops to get it, don't we, David? Well, it kind of depends. I mean, I think the uh, brace law is going to come to an end. Um, fortunately, it, you know, they're able to do bump stocks and bring those back. The brace is way more supported. Congress is involved. I mean, I, I don't see that law standing for very much longer. Mm -hmm. um, and nor do I see it practically being able to enforce. Of course, I say that and then our last guest just had <laughs> a very... I don't know what that DA, that DAs could do wild it. things. It really depends um, on where you live and I what the DA like, wants to do. Yeah, I feel like the case, that case is going to basically, obviously be dropped. Um, however, it's just going to take a crap ton of money to do it. And that's one thing that uh, the government is starting to do as a new tactic is that like, yeah, we're going to hit you in your pocket. We can't physically go take your guns because there's going to be a lot of folded flags. Just saying. But what we can do is try to hit your wallet. So uh, it's actually quite disgusting because now they're going to create this classism between gun owners, like those who can afford to, you know, fight for their guns and those who can't. Yeah, you can still do the the form one, I believe, and get your tax stamp for it and just SBR it, mm -hmm. which is its own process. And fortunately, that's getting easier. Um, of course, we we would definitely like to see the brace rules stick around, especially for those that that need it. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Well, before we go, our last words to David, tell us a little bit, you know, I'm going to put on one of my favorite pictures here. I was watching it earlier. Let me see if I can get it back on. Tell us last words about your product and why each of us should get it. <laughs> it's a, they're a blast to shoot. It's a great home defense gun. It's affordable. Um, you know, a lot of these PCCs could be upwards of 2K plus. Um, this is well, well underneath that. Um, right around 575 for the upper. And we do have a 16 inch version. Um, you'll be able to buy our upper and then put a 16 inch barrel on it and it'll be a sleeve that connects and makes the rail uh, all flow together. It looks fantastic. So we're, we're excited about that as well for those of you that are worried. Well, David, thanks for being on the show. We're gonna have you back again. And, and Scott, next time we're gonna put uh, David first on your list when you're at the show. I hope you're gonna be at NSAGW. That's where gun stuff is gonna appear very next. And uh, we'll, we'll be catching up with you there. And uh, till that next time, we're going to have a quick break. And we're going to be back with Viridian. And uh, no stranger to our show, we'll have them back on here in just one moment. third guest and Viridian Technologies is right here. Uh, we are so glad to have you right here in our virtual studio. All right. And Chris Spangler is going to tell us all about it. Go ahead, Chris. Hi. Yeah. So we're uh, Viridian Weapon Technology. We're out of Maple Plain, Minnesota, and we have invented green lasers and we're, you know, trying to revolutionize green dot systems. And today we have our brand new closed emitter RFX 45 green dot to show off. Uh, one quick question. Uh, what's up with green instead of red? And, uh, uh, you know, I'm a partial to red, but you know, when I go to the stoplight, I prefer the green. Uh, tell us a little bit more how you see those uh -huh. colors from your perspective. Yeah, so um, green, I mean, there is some science behind it. Y your eyes will see green better on the color spectrum. It's, it's science. Uh, at the end of the day, green is going to show up brighter than red. Tell us what we're looking at. It looks pretty sweet to me. I know uh, Ursula is already typing and trying to add this to her shopping cart. <laughs> Go ahead there, Chris. <laughs> Yeah, so um, this is it. This is the RFX 45. It's got all the stuff on there. We, we put all the electronics on top of it because something that we've seen with um, optics in the past, a lot of them have their battery mounted on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, it's going to die eventually, although this one does have a 50,000 hour battery life. Um, we wanted to make sure that you wouldn't have to re-zero this thing. You, you don't have to take it off your weapon. Once it's on there, it's on. You can take the battery out of the top. It also lowers the window down a little bit, kind of gets it a little lower, a little closer to that, you know, height of bore. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I guess, yeah, one of my questions is, like, who was the genius? Who was the genius that was like, hey, why don't we just turn it upside down? And yeah, then, boom, it lines up with your sights. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. Don't take offense to this. But Whoever that was, they, was they, like, they took an acro and yeah. flipped it upside down. That's amazing. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, 
genius. Yeah, you can thank our engineers for that one. Yeah, man. So and so, what that does is you don't you don't have to have suppressor height sights most likely, uh, but I mean if you but but you know especially for some of the guns that you can set it down in there and then you won't have you know the big sharp sight catching on stuff or, or whatever, but you can have a lower profile, less snag, uh, and then on top of that you don't have the added expense. You know, yeah. you know, stepping into the red dot game, you you stepping into the red dot game, you almost automatically have to upgrade your pistol sights. Well. That's always like a hundred dollars for yeah. minimum for any kind of quality site on average, right? So you've you've increased the cost of whatever red dot. It doesn't matter what brand it is, you've increased the cost by a hundred dollars. And so not only do you guys come in at a reasonable price with a fantastic product in green instead of red and others, is it, you know, it solves a lot of other problems of having to put you know change things out put new sites on zero those sites worry mm. about those sites you can just keep your stock stuff and just roll with it yeah so, look uh, like, look right here guys i mean this this show shows it go ahead Ursula. no i was saying i i love the people i love the comments uh jordan weaver actually commented he's like looks like robocop i love it i think robocop will run it just throwing <laughs> it out there like if yeah they did a remake and this was in it i wouldn't be surprised not one bit <laughs> oh cost I, another Oh, another comment popped up. John Crabble would like to know, how much does it cost? Uh, I believe the price point on this is around $450, $480, somewhere in there. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it, it all depends on the mounting plate. So we have five different SKUs. It comes with five different mounting plates. We have right here, we have um, the tall mounting plate. So you can get your one-third co-witness for your iron sights. So if you put this on a carbine or something like that. Uh, we also have the lower mounting plate. Both of these are Picatinny. And then we have um, the MOS, we have a doctor, and we have RMR plates all right here. Uh, so you can fit it on any pistol slide that you have. Cool. Uh, now, Do that's those. a Picatinny right on this firearm, isn't it, Scott? Uh, it looks to me uh, sweet how that just <laughs> fits right in there. A lot easier than some of the crap I've had to mess with. I hope I use that. Oh, ab absolutely. So you guys have already solved the mounting issues with all the different options. Uh, but some guns are actually starting to come out with the platform on there. So, you know, you can just clip it right to the gun. I even thought about just sending whatever gun I wanted and have them mill that right into the top of the slide because you don't have to dig into the slide with, with the screws. If they just mill the cross crossbar in it and the little edges on the side, you can mount that directly to the slide and save yourself, you know, a couple of other thousands of an inch or whatever but one of the one of the cool things about this is that it's an enclosed emitter now i i love red dots and i'm a big fan of red dots on pistols but i have killed my share of pistols by with with the running guns that we do because they intentionally send you through the mud they intentionally send you swimming they intentionally send you through the snow and the muck and all this stuff and have you crawl under objects and under cars and barbed wire and red regular red dots will fill up and you kill them you know they can be you know they can be high quality they can be but you're still over in a puddle trying to rinse it out because once it gets packed up with mud or snow you it's really hard to get out uh so this enclosed emitter style is going to protect it it's going to be there it's going to be on when you need it so i got a question this is actually uh uh i'm just basically building off of an, a comment here or a question here off of facebook um uh, John Lock, I'm trying to get good with these names. I'm sorry. Please bear with me. Uh, Locknicker, um, he asks, is it better for night vision versus red? Or do you have, I will just add on, do you even have one that's actually 
compatible with night vision? So um, all of our, uh, the whole RFX line of green dots actually have eight visible settings and they have two night vision settings. And I, me and a couple of my buddies, we run these things in a night vision all the time and they work wonderfully. Yeah. And just a little bit of trivia as well. The night vision that we've seen all these years started and, the, and they could have picked any color they wanted to, to make night vision, but they chose green. Uh, and it was been that way for a long time. Now white phosphorus is starting to come in, but I think that is a lot of that is because people want to change, you know, uh, you know, they're like, oh, well it's new and it's white. Oh, great. You know, just like, you know, white. green, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm saying. White phosphorus. So you see everything in the grays, right? I, I didn't mean to say it that way, but, <laughs> but you're the, yeah, you're, are, do you still have the title of white supremacist on there? I, I, I yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah, she's yep. still our original <laughs> but, white supremacist. But those, but all those night vision colors were originally brought out in green. So all your old night vision, that's the color they selected because we could see the most different shades of green on average with the human eye in the green spectrum. Uh, and then that's, so that's one of the reasons why. And then that's why Viridian, you know, with their green light, green dots are so popular and why you see everybody now offer. You guys came out with it. Now everybody offers it. So, you know, it's a, there's not a site out there that doesn't come with a green option just about. And uh, oh, I was gonna say the comments on Rumble are pretty good too. Um, JL Underwood said he does like all the mounting options because there was there is no monopoly at all on like different footprints or just having one standard footprint, which I do think would be easier. But no, not at all. This is what we get for being American, yeah. and we just think of things and do all the things. So no, I gotta play the game. Yep. <laughs> so this enclosed yeah, and housing. It, what is it? I think you might have covered this. This enclosed housing. What is it made out of? Yeah, so this is um, 60, 6061 aluminum, uh, and it is IPX6 uh, waterproof rated. It's the same thing as your iPhone, so you can dunk this, submerge it in water. Uh, it's going to be good to go. Nice. Nice. The uh, – God, what – Never mind. I completely lost my train of thought. I had another he lost his train of thought, and yet we got yep. his audio back. So we lost the train <laughs> of thought, but we <laughs> audio was audio. there. So, uh, yeah, we, we're, we're still ahead of the game. For me to... <laughs> so, hey, oh, now, uh, what I wanted to point out, sorry, what I ahead. wanted to point out was uh, with all these mounting options that you guys have, uh, every one of us has, you know, we, we, we have our new favorite gun. You know, or like, oh, well, I love this. And then they come out with version 2.0. Being able to transfer this, if it has a different pattern or anything like that, being able to put this on the different uh, guns. I haven't had a single optic live on a weapon for eternity. They all come off. They go to a different gun at one mm -hmm. point or another. Or we, you know, oh, I want to I want to take this out and shoot this. I don't have a sight for it. I'll rip a sight off another gun and, and throw it onto another one. So when you have those mounting options, that gives you the versatility you need. Chris, last words from Viridian Weapon Tech. And tell our viewers how they can find you. And actually, our listeners, too. It is ViridianWeaponTech.com. Uh, last words, Chris. Yeah, um, make sure you guys check us out. We're, we've got some really new innovative products coming out. Um, there's some new products that I can't talk about yet, but really exciting stuff. If you're excited about this, you're definitely going to be excited about what's coming soon. Well, thanks for being on the show. We'll have you back again. We, you've been on before. We love Viridian. You've got some great products. And uh, thanks for your time today, Chris. Guys, we had a great show today. Um, 
Uh, this Sarah Forgus, you know, I, I worry a little bit about government overreach going after moms and her, their sons. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it's a despicable, despicable state that we find ourselves in. Last words from you guys on the same subject. I'm about to go buy more guns and ammo. That's, that's just what I do. So I'm sorry. Like yeah. Every time I hear the government doing something yeah. stupid, I'm like, I need to go buy more guns, ammo, and food. Guns, ammo, and food, right? Yeah. And Scott, last words. Yeah, it's, a, it, you know, like I said, I'm a retired uh, law enforcement, uh, federal law enforcement officer, and I hate to see when uh, things are misapplied like this. You know, mm -hmm. I, I realize that, you know, People are wanting to uh, protect the general public and things, but these are very clear rules and rulings on these items. And, you know, so these judge, the ju you know, these judges in charge and the prosecutors in charge, they're obviously doing this to make a statement and mm -hmm. they don't care what happens to you as long as they get to get what they want. And until next time, get your stuff from Gun Stuff.